0: Welcome to the Buyer's Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career.
1: Yeah, it came as a need rather than a choice. When we first started my first development, I didn't have enough money to get into development. So I was, I start to look for um, opportunities, uh, money partners or investors that can help me to get where I want. And as example, in my first development, I got without no money down at all. And as a result of that, uh, with JV partner, we made
0: $310,000. Welcome to the Buyer's Agent Institute show. The purpose of the show is to bring awareness to Buyer's Agents, to bring awareness around the career opportunities available to Buyer's Agents in Australia, to bring awareness around the value that Buyer's Agents provide to people who need help buying property. Our goal with the show is to strip back and dive into the remarkable stories and journeys of Buyer's Agents who are paving the way forward in one of the fastest growing career sectors real estate right now our guest today is andre vino gradov he's based in sydney he studied a bachelor of town planning and land surveying he's got a really interesting background he was born in russia in moscow he migrated to australia he learned english super quick he then moved into a national role a consulting role with business to business where he was focused in town planning and land surveying in a very consultative way he then transitioned into development working in joint venture capacities also assisting mum and dads with specifically looking at townhouses. He then moved out of that and after time, he's now transitioned to building a buyer's agent business to actually support his main core business called Property Buyer's Team. So it's actually split into development work and buyer's agent work because the buyer's agent work is actually complementing his development side, for example, finding sites. So today, I would like to introduce Andre. Welcome,
1: Andre. Hi Ben, how are you going today? So Andre, what inspired you to move to Australia? Since I was working on Olympic Games uh, in Sochi 2014. So it was a massive project of the stadium's uh, F1 track. And once structure finished there, I was looking for new adventure. And I was thinking, let's try to work somewhere overseas and travel the world. And I was considering a few countries and uh, I thought Australia would be cool to explore and that's basically, me and my wife, we made this decision. We had to do an uh, English exam. I haven't learned English at school anywhere before, so it took me two years of uh, coaching by English teacher via Skype, and eventually I got to the level as high as a um, level required for the students to attend the university. So it was uh, quite a journey, it was really intense, but uh, we set a goal and uh, give it a time frame and once i, I got this um, english exam it took me just 10 days to approve my permanent residency so in 10
0: days i got permanent residency while being in russia congratulations and so bachelor of town planning land, land surveying was that in russia you completed that yes yes okay so what inspired you over there to also kind of move into this style of industry I
1: was born somewhere slightly outside Russia, so I always loved countryside and and stuff like that. And I decided let's um, do something interesting, not being um, someone who is working in an office, but something exciting, something unreal. And I thought um, land surveying would be, or town planning would be a good thing, so you actually create something or help create uh, stuff. So I decided uh, to go that to take this path so i graduated i work in a council in the town planning department for a little bit and i found it still a little bit boring this is not what i wanted and i decided to move to land surveying as uh, my second um, degree so that's where it all started i started to work on um, bridges first and then i that's where 2008 that's where sochi was uh, announced as a town of the Winter Olympic Games, that's where me and my wife we moved there. We were living on the Black Sea shore and was working in the mountains in, um, and in the Olympic uh, park and my wife was working in, uh, in hospitality. So it was a great time. After that we decided what's next, uh, let's explore not the regional towns of Russia, let's uh, explore overseas and that's how we eventually
0: again got into Australia. So when you moved into Australia, you then kept focusing on land surveying.
1: Yes, when I arrived here, I straight away got into the um, consult- consultancy company that consult um, mainly uh, businesses, the T1 uh, Taiwan uh, builders such as Norvak Landley, Richard Crooks, and uh, companies like that this level. So I started as a as as. A, doing the boundaries and um, detailed surveys. And after that, I realized that uh, by doing that, I actually um, seeing um, massive developments, starting from nothing and and, uh, converting into something amazing. It didn't take me long to realize that I'm only missing one bit, which is financial part of that, whereas I'm already consulting on uh, all the how-to, and uh, engineering part of that. So I decided to get a coach, get an education and get some skills into in the financial world about putting together uh, finances for development sites and knowing actually the process that are behind the development
0: and uh, acquisition. Let's talk a bit about joint ventures so how did you get into the the joint venture space when you started to I guess I'm assuming you transitioned into the development whilst working in your consultancy space. How did the the joint ventures all happen?
1: Yeah, it came as a need rather than a choice. When we first started my first development, I didn't have enough money to get into development. So I I start to look for um, opportunities, uh, money partners or investors that can help me to get where I want. And as example, in my first development, I got without no money down at all. And as a result of that, uh, with JV partner, we made $310,000. And then from that moment, I realized just normal mom and dad, was, even though they just lack a little bit of potentially borrowing capacity or funds, by coming together, they can achieve disproportional returns on the investment, but only when they come together. That's, that's why idea of um, facilitating joint venture through the Inner Circle uh, team community that created by property-based team is a great opportunity for everyday Australians to get into the vehicle of the richest. And it's not that impossible as many people think. It just takes a little bit of um, preparation
0: and outside box. Let's talk a bit about um, sourcing sites. So obviously when you get into development, I came from a development background as well, you're obviously coming across sites all the time. And so what I'm assuming happened with you, and you might wanna shed some light on this is, as you were looking for sites, they didn't fit your, your brief or your investors or the appetite of your parties that you were looking to bring together. So I'm assuming you started then looking at on-selling these sites. So Was, was that the natural progression that happened? Exactly right, yeah. exactly right. So I was looking for, for example, I look at the site, I've got the
1: brief, from the current client, and then accidentally I get to the site when there's another site next to it for sale, there's another site next to it for sale, then at that at this point of time, I don't have capacity to acquire these sites altogether because it's, the project is just too big. So, and uh, after losing out, missing out a few of projects like that, I realized, okay, so instead of, once I spend all the money on... Uh, uh, concept, uh, uh, architectural concept plans, town planner report, civil engineer report, uh, bill, co- bill, bill cost appraisal by our uh, lawyer builders and uh, all the due diligence that is spend on, it's quite a significant amount of money, it could be up to ten thousand dollars per project. I decided instead of losing that project let's just uh, build a um, database of the developers who can who is looking for specific sites of the project. And at any point of time, when I don't have a client or investor to acquire a specific site, I can propose a site to my database. That's how um, bias agent idea came in about. Is I was just
0: losing too much money. <laughs> too much opportunity cost. Yes. And so, I mean, I, I think it's a great integration for, for most people doing what you're doing. If you're looking at sites all the time, and then those sites aren't stacking up for, for what you guys need regarding your feasibilities or whatever's going on, you, can, you then on-sell that site and take a commission, right? This interesting part of it is not only I'm on-selling to um,
1: normal developers, and also there's a lot of other buyers agents come to me when their clients are asking for a development site, and for any reason they cannot uh, fulfil the brief, whether it's area, or size of the project or nature of the project then they actually reaching out to me and saying look i've got a client i cannot deliver on this this brief at this point of time for any reason so i'm happy to pay full bias agent fee to
0: those bias agents as well yeah it's good it's good so you've obviously got access to the good stock and people there's demand for it. let's talk about property buyers team so that's your buyers that's I mean that's from what I understand the the, the entire business yeah that's a uh, face A face of the business so you've got two core divisions is that right That's correct. Yes. so the buyers agent business and the property development business correct. and let's let's open that up and just discuss that like how long that's been running for and how's it going and
1: so it started from a property developer, developers team which is uh, the core development business and then Uh, eventually property bias team as a bias agent branch took over as a face of the core development Uh, it's like a entry level into development so clients can decide whether they run with the projects themselves Mm -hmm. or they can uh, rely on me for the full turnkey armchair development service which is acquisition uh, project management settlement all the way to the end until they have the money in the bank account from the last settlement of the development.
0: Is it specifically
1: townhouses and apartments that you guys are focusing um, on? The range is starting from three townhouses, not less than three, okay. up to 20 apartments. 20 apartments, yeah. okay. So
0: the biggest project I found was 18 apartments block. Excellent. Yeah. Great. And how has the integration been with the buyer's agent business? I think it's, it is
1: booming. <laughs> It's yeah. booming. It's like I thought it would be here and there to save some money on opportunity costs. But uh, it's, actually, um, it's actually getting into the area where it's actually a separate business, which makes its own revenue and it's worthwhile keeping and growing as a brand, a separate brand. That's
0: what I'm finding now. It's great, I love what you've done. And I've always very, I've been very passionate about, if you're running a development business, there's so much opportunity cost that you're missing out on because it doesn't stack up for what your own needs and wants are. So it's just incredible that you've, you've segregated this buyer's agent business. It's now generating its independent revenue and it's basically running in isolation, but it complements yeah. the development business. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. And look, the, the amount of the, the returns in property development for people that never heard about property development or don't, don't have any background just for people who work in anywhere, like doctors, IT, or people who never touch the property, as, a, as from a development perspective, once they realise how much money in there, it's just unbelievable. They, once we go from the introduc- uh, through the introduction uh, uh, session, they're just blown away but by returns. An investment—it's just a disproportional, disproportional. It's so—it's—it's it's just a bending their reality. Let's talk about these returns, though. Like, what are we—what are we talking about? The, the last la, last project that I purchased for uh, independent developer was seventy-three percent. Seventy-three ROI, yes.
0: Well, no wonder you're bending their their, their reality because <laughs> yeah. in yeah. the bank you're getting a couple yeah. of percent.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just—it's—it's uh, it's amazing when I see their face when I show in the the um, key studies of the past projects looking at, and then I see the eyes, they're just, I'm afraid it's going to pop up at some moment.
0: <laughs> so just to, so you're acquiring, in most cases, the site?
1: Yes. Yeah. At the moment, I'm running 75, 25. 75, I'm acquiring and running the whole project, and about 25% is when I'm acquiring uh, for independent developers. Okay. Yeah, so that's the ratio. 75. Keep in the house twenty-five. It's like a buyer's uh
0: service. Excellent. How many investors do you typically bring into a table? To, to I, I know your Two. projects vary. Two. Two. It's wow. it like let's let's
1: keep things simple. If if project requires a specific amount of money, of cash and uh, borrowing capacity, and one uh, investor can really. Uh, doing them on on his own, then it means he just need a little bit of help from another investor, and that typically means that they're the bottom of the project size. So if it's I don't want to I don't like bringing too many people. It's like if if two people really struggling to get into it, let's keep it simple. Let's do the smaller project. If the two really sophisticated, really cashed up people come in they usually do the project on their own, or if they feel like they want to do a bigger project, like yeah. we're stepping into like 15, 10 houses, or we step into 10 plus apartments with a basement, then they team up together and just feel comfortable to obviously share
0: rewards and the risks. You're generating very good ROI. Are you at a point now where investors are coming to you asking when's the next project, or are you find that you're out there still obviously sourcing investors? I haven't lost any investors so far.
1: They keep reinvesting the whole amount. Because they the most, most of the time when people come to the property development is when they want to multiply the available cash. Mm. And that means they grow their cash, they grow their cash until the point where they can have uh, enough cash to live and then everything that above their living expenses they leave into the they own development so yeah. they basically buy outright the units and we're talking about positive negative slightly neutral we're talking about man do you just you just keep the whole thing there's no mortgage nothing on it
0: so good place to be.
1: Yeah. So t- at the point when they accumulate accumulate let's say they invest twice on the third time they have enough cash to just leave one of the unit to themselves with no mortgage at all then they accumulate for another two projects on the third one they leave maybe two, depends on the size.
0: I mean, it's great that you've amalgamated both and they all um, complement each other. And geographically, where are the sites? Are they New South Wales? As
1: I I said, my goal is to make sure that as many mam and dads know that they can enter in this um, business as a property development. So as we talk about people with average, just slightly above average salary, That means their um, acquisition capacity is a little bit limited for Sydney like the main areas but we're talking about fringes of the Sydney and two satellites of Sydney as a Wollongong and let's say Gosport or Newcastle where the two family come together can get into the three pack or four pack or six ten house development really easy. That's why I'm concentrating on the fringes of the
0: Sydney okay. and two satellites. Amazing. I love it. I love what you're doing. Where can people find the property buyers team or you?
1: Well, they can you can visit my website, uh propertybuyersteam.com.au. You can find me on the Facebook, you can fa- find me Facebook business Facebook page Property Buyers Team or on my on my LinkedIn. Um,
0: with your buyer's agent business if someone comes to you just looking to buy an investment property looking for s- property buyers team to represent them to buy a property in randwick a two-bedroom apartment is that something that the buyer's agent business will facilitate or is it specifically only related to the development work
1: no we exclusively uh, providing only development sites Excellent. so we concentrate only on development sites and only on specific stra- strategy which is uh, small townhouse development and small boutique
0: apartment block thank you for clarifying that's awesome Okay, guys, so this was a super interesting interview. As you can see, Andre really niches and specializes only in the development world, not only for his development business, obviously, but for his buyer's agent business. So if you're listening to this and you wanna learn more about Andre's development business, reach out to him, the details are on the screen. Also, if you are someone who's looking for sites, so you um, you could be a buyer's agent, you could be a developer, you could be a sophisticated investor, whoever you are, you can reach out to Andre because he clearly has access to a lot of sites, right? He's got really, obviously, solid relationships on the ground to be privy to such amazing uh, property assets. So check out Andre. See you next time. To find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.